Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. We're pleased to have my sister, Miss Shermaine Gunter-Gary, back in the studio today to discuss the Rites of Passage program. Shermaine is the founder and executive director of the program, and um, she actually works for the, uh, she's executive director of Atlantic County Council of Youth Programs, which includes four programs, the Rites of Passage program, the Atlantic City Theater Guild, the Venice Park Basketball League, and the Atlantic City Youth Entrepreneurial Program. So that's a lot of work, Shermaine. Welcome back to the program. Hi. Hi. It's good to be back. <laughs> you know, last week you shared with us the rich history in regards to the program, how you got motivated to get started with it. You know, I- I'm very interested to talk about some of the success stories that you had within the program. And you have some fantastic statistics. So when we think about the number of, 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 of young folks that have come through the program over the last 15 years, how many folks have come through the program? We've had about 1,316 young people to come through our program in the last 15 years. Um, some, those are unduplicated numbers. Some of them do the program more than once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you define success for your participants in the program? Well, on an overall basis, I, I want to see all the young people graduate high school. That's, that's, a, that's a major goal. Then we have individual case plans for each of the young people that come through. Um, and some of them <coughs> excuse me, um, are small and some of them are great. Mm-hmm. We've had um, quite a few of our, our young people to uh, go to college. Right now, three of our volunteers that are with us um, were in Rites of Passage, graduated high school, graduated college, came back home, and now they're giving back to the program by volunteering. So that's very gratifying, and that's, that's good for the young people to see that these are three people that were actually in Rites of Passage, came through the program, and they followed their aspirations and their goals, and they got where they needed to be. Um, there's some of the our, our young people that come to us have a lot of issues and a lot of problems. Yeah. So we more or less focus on some of their uh, major issues and problems to try to get them over that hump, so that they don't fail out of school, so they don't fail out of life, so that they don't become incarcerated, so that they don't uh, harm themselves. And each of um, the case plans that we do for each of the young people that come through, um, we try to keep up with them all the way through high school. It hasn't been easy to do that because we lose track uh, of a lot of them by 10th grade because at that point in time, they are involved in other programs. They're doing other things. They're, they're doing good. It's only when they're not doing good that we we they're coming back and they're talking with us and they're seeing us. So um, we've had some great successes in, in getting our young people um, through this, a lot of the thresholds of issues that they have, uh, that they have to deal with here in the community. We have a lot of violence in this community. Uh, we've had 12 um, deaths, uh, shooting deaths, so far this year. Twelve? Twelve. And, and what was the age of the people involved in the shooting? All of them were uh, between the ages of 19 and 28. 
and we just had one last week. Um, and it was right across the street from where a school is. And uh, that's been a, an area that's had a lot of violence and problems. So, we, you know, we try to keep the kids focused on uh, attaining their goals when they, there's a lot of other things that's happening around them in their environment that is conducive to failure. Wow, that is that is that is amazing. A town as small as Atlantic City, twelve shooting deaths already. Yeah. But when you think about the positive parts of the program, is there a particular percentage that you can that you can hang your hat on to say that of our thirteen hundred uh, students have come through the program, X amount of percent has actually graduated from high school? Oh, ninety-seven percent. Wow. Yeah, ninety-seven percent of our kids graduate high school. Um, Ninety-four uh, percent of our, our young people um, are baby-free, and uh, we wow. do this uh, program with with them called Baby Think It Over with the simulated dolls. Mm-hmm. And we also um, have several workshops uh, on relationships and um, how to say no and keep it moving, and you know different things like that. So, and we find out that if we get our young people, um, if the get them involved in other activities, as well as making them feel good about themselves, then they're not going to concentrate on the fact of having some young boy or some young girl to hang their hat on, and then they end up getting pregnant. Those are two of our highest um, statistics that we really say are, are, are real. Uh, because our kids come back and they do a survey every year, and we get about 400 and some, which is a, it's a, it's a that's a very good sampling um, for the young people to that come back and do surveys for us. And we have to kind of rely on the, um, some of the other things, like are, are you taking drugs or alcohol? Um, and while that number is high, I don't think it's as high as, the young people are saying, I, I, "I don't think they're telling me the truth." <laughs> you think you think it's 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 peer pressure to to say that they are so that they feel like they're cool or something. Yeah. Wow. And and how do you how do you address the mentality that says in order for you to be considered down or cool or keeping it real that you you have to do something that is not good. Or the perception that you're doing something that's not good. Our, to tell you the truth, um, our our biggest barrier with things like that are the parents, mm-hmm. which is a shame, you know, because uh, the parents should be on our side. And there's a lot of times that you know the parents are out there and they're doing their dirt, and um, you know when the kids are start to talk talk to the parents about it, and the parents come back and they yank their kids out of the program or they um, they curse me out, <laughs> mm. which I've been cursed out quite a bit. Wow. I mean, actually just verbally cursed out. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and what we've done to kind of counter that, and that's been working, so we're, we're, we're going to increase what we do. We're doing more things with parent participation. I was just about to ask you, is, have you thought about a rites of passage program for parents? Because I understand that some of the parents are just kids themselves. Well, you know, 
lot of the parents have asked for it, but it's a time factor. Right. Um, you know, you know, my day is stretched as it is. As, exactly. And I, I have tried to get other people to come in and and to mentor or do that program. And unless there's a price tag attached to it, people, I, it's very hard to get people to volunteer. Mm. I'm still working on, you know, doing some things, some extra things with the parents. You know, we have a parents' night out, you know, where I have a little jazz band and a little food. And mm-hmm. while we have them, we educate them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we have, like I said, we, we do the dinner theater. Right, right. You know, where, and while any any time that I have the parents, I, I use that time to educate them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. get them uh, involved with parenting their child. Because unfortunately, the other pieces, um, a lot of our parents feel as though once their kids hit ten, oh good, I don't have to do anything for them anymore. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of ten-year-olds and up there now raising themselves. And that's and those are the prime years that they need the support. Oh, goodness, yes. Hmm. You know, considering that Atlantic City has a high crime rate. How does that crime rate affect your program? Uh, well, it affects the mentality of the kids. We have kids that are scared, you know, and that's, that's a terrible way to, to live, to be in fear all the time. Right. Um, we, we have um, young people that are angry, you know, angry that they have to live like that, and so their anger comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the young people that, oh, this is so cool, and they, and they want to be the thugs on the street, like, you know, that are getting gunned down. Mm. You know, I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, so um, I was working with three young men, and um, all of them were headed down the wrong road. So we had a um, Sixers basketball camp this summer. Right, yes. And so I got them involved with that, and um, then I told them, I said, you know, y'all need to play football. They said, oh, we've never played football before. I said, well, I could see from the basketball camp you have some athletic skills. You need to go out. So they, they came by and they told me that um, they made the team. So maybe being involved in, in that, it'll keep them off the streets. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, I'm always looking for avenues. Right, doing something productive, yes. Of getting the kids involved with something that will keep them from hanging out on the street. Mhm. Mhm. And and do you feel do you get the necessary support from the community, especially from the local government uh for the rice of passage program? Um financially? No. Um the the local government does provide me ancillary services. Mhm. Uh, they give me a space um to hold the program. Whenever I need local transportation, um, they allow me to use um, our local transportation program. Um, I used to get a a small grant from the city, and they did not give it to me this year for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm. But um, there wasn't a lot of money, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't understanding. You know, I had been getting this small grant for the last... 15 years, ever since I've had the program. Mm-hmm. This is the first year that they opted not to give me the, the grant. So. 
Any reasoning for not giving you the grant? Well, they just said that they had other um, priorities that they were looking at. And in regards to the children, um, has the local government demonstrated that it is a priority by maybe doing something other than the Rites of Passage program? Well, they they do fun, you know, like I said, the name brands, the Boys and Girls Clubs, the, the yeah. PALs, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the ones that they have money. Right, right. You know, it's easy for them to get money because they have the, the national name brand. Right, um, right. You know, but people haven't heard of Rites of Passage. Just locally, like everybody here in Lang City knows about it. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a fundraising drive now, and, and um, I'm very encouraged by some of the community members. We just sent out the packets last week, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of our senior citizens that know about the program, and these, these here, this is a population that doesn't have a lot of money. Right. They're, they're donating what they can. Right, right. But what about the casinos? Um, do you receive support from them? I know you had talked about the Borgata, you know, uh, allowing you to do a walk through the casino and, and, and whatnot. But, I mean, you, you would think that um, they would be involved in your program because you're, you, you are really helping to train their next level of service workers. Well, you would think so, but... Once again, they they'll like for my Venice Park Basketball League. Um, we have our All Star Weekend this weekend coming up. They'll donate me cases of sodas, cases of water, cases of cookies, cases of chips. Um, but when it comes down to hard dollars, now mm. I, I can get things um, from the casinos. But when it comes down to hard dollars, they they only give that to the name brand. Well, I'll be curious to have an interview with a couple of the casino presidents uh, to ask them why they're not supporting the community and uh, really helping to train their next uh, level of service workers. Well, and, 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 you know, they'll tell you they are. You know, they're, they're donating to PAL. They're donating to Boys and Girls Club. They're, you know, donating to uh, some of the other local um, organizations that mm-hmm. are, youth organizations that are here, you know, so... But we used to, like I said, before nine eleven, we got funding from every last casino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've never been able to get back in the door. Um, we I, we haven't sent our, out our casino packages for this year. We usually do that sometime in October. Um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And what about the state? Uh, do you get any, any help from the state government? No, state doesn't have a lot of... Uh, Funding. We do get um, a small municipal alliance grant mm-hmm. um, that funds um, three of the programs that I have, the Rites of Passage, the Theater Guild, and the Venice Park Basketball League. Um, but other than that, um, no. You know, it's interesting. Um, yeah, as you know, a few years back I was in line to become the the executive director of the state lottery. And one thing that I learned about the state lottery is that the $850 million that they give out goes to a variety of organizations. Have you ever, political. It's political, yes. It's political. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, I do know the state senator, um, 
possibly, you know, he could put a word in, but, you know, it's political. Mm-hmm. If if you if you don't know somebody or you're you're not um, in that political crowd, you you're not going to get the money. Right, right, right. Wow. And 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 from your perspective, what are some of the key problems in Atlantic City? Wow. <laughs> yeah, where do you start? Right. <laughs> wow. Um. One of the major pieces is that there are too many groups of people wanting to run Atlantic City. We need one one group, one unified group that will work on. And even when um, I was, in, you know, the director of Health and Human Service, I had a problem with too many groups wanting to come in and. dictate mm-hmm. the course of where Atlantic City should be. Right. Atlantic City could be so much further. could be, I mean, it could be the main destination for, for uh, gambling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On, on, this, on the eastern coast. And it should be. Right. But you have too many people pulling, wanting, to, wanting that seat at the head instead of just being a part of the team. Right, right. And if they can't get the seat at the head, then they take their marbles and they leave. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you don't have everybody's cooperation when something happens. Right, um, right. And that's sad. Um, you know, with the governor coming in and taking over certain entities and, and doing certain things here, you know, that that was the worst thing that could have happened for Lang City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just fragmented it even more. You know, now we have this, this being run here by... The, state offices, and this is run by county offices, and this is run by municipal offices, and so there's no unified front. Right. So everybody has their piece of turf, and that's it, huh? Well, it's their piece of turf, and everybody has their own idea on how Lang City and, and the destination it should go, right. even the casinos, you know. When I went out to Vegas, I had no idea when I went out there that Vegas had was number two in crime in the nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knew? They they had the best marketing firm ever. Right. Right. And all of the casinos in Vegas invest into this one marketing firm. Right. That markets that markets Vegas. What? What's wrong with Atlantic City? I'm right. not understanding. Why don't we have one marketing firm? Right. Right. That markets Atlantic City. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, and each month, casino profits are down again. Casino profits are down. Casino profits, they're, they're going to stay down. Okay? Because Pennsylvania is going to either get it right or Delaware is going to get it right or Maryland's going to get it right. One, mm-hmm. of those, one of these three outlining states is going to get it right and all we're going to have is a beach and a boardwalk during the summer that will attract a few extra people. But those other 10 months out of the year, Pennsylvania, Delaware, or Maryland are going to, are going to take all of our, um, our business. Well, you know, I, you and I have talked about this extensively, and I, I just think that uh, Atlantic City's marketing problem is not that difficult no. um, because no. of the assets that it has. But, we, we have some great assets here. Yes. Oh, my goodness. 
great asset. This, this to me, if I was a marketing firm, this would be an oh a dream. Oh, absolutely. To, this would be the, the the best place to market to get people to come to. Right. But the key thing there is to get people to come to Atlantic City. Atlantic City needs to be safe. It has to have a great customer service infrastructure so that people will enjoy coming to spend their money here in Atlantic City. And your program, the Rise of Passage program, could be one of the feeder systems yeah. for, this, for this new vision for Atlantic City. Yeah. If you look at the percentage of young people that have come through Rise of Passage that are now in working in the casino industry, I mean, it's very high, very high. I think one of the other key areas of Atlantic City is safety. Um, I, I find it appalling that uh, the police officers who serve in Atlantic City are not required to live in Atlantic City. I think that if the police officers lived in Atlantic City, I think the criminals would think twice about doing some of their crime if they know that there's a policeman on the block. Well, you know, the way that they've structured our neighborhood, they they would have to... Um, where most of the policemen would live wouldn't wouldn't help us if they lived here, mm. because you have to you have to understand. Re- remember the north side. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's where they herded and kept all of the African Americans. Right. Okay. They're still a north side. Mm-hmm. So there's there's not too much prime real estate on the north side. Right. Right. They right. they would they would have to come in and, and restructure and. Uh, to get the police officers to come in to live in certain neighborhoods down yeah, If you're looking at the first ward, mm-hmm. um, there's plenty of places officers could live there. Sixth ward, plenty of places. You know, um, fifth ward, there's some places there. But when you go second through, second through uh, fourth ward, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they have to, they, they really have to start regenerating Speaking about police officers, uh, do, do you get them involved in the Rice of Passage program? Oh, absolutely. I have several police officers that come in and speak on different topics um, from the drug and alcohol um, usage um, to careers um, to um, what to do if you're stuck. 
by a cop. Mm. A lot of our young people are. Right, and they right. And know this is what you need to do. And it has helped out. That portion has helped out so many of our, our young people. Because uh, they'll come in and tell me, oh, Ms. Shemaine, I'll stop by a cop. And the first thing I did was I told him I came through right the passage, and I spoke with officer such and such, and he told me to do this. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? They, they pulled me up off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wonderful. <laughs> you know, when we were growing up, if we were stopped, we'd just say, uh, we know Captain Tyner. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> now they say, I know Shemaine Gunter Gary. <laughs> and, and Shemaine, what have been the, the highlights of your career? Ooh, I've had a couple. Um, when I was in uh, Philadelphia, I worked with the, the anti-gang unit. And that's what got me over my fear of the street. That will do it. Mm. Um, I did it as an internship, and it ended up I volunteered with them afterwards. And it actually, their anti-gang unit that I worked with, it actually worked in in helping to disband the gangs that were out on the streets. Because back then, when we did it, they were... It was bad. They ruled. Yeah, Yeah. they ruled um, Philadelphia. So um, that was the highlight. Second uh, highlight was when I worked with the Youth Advocate Program, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I was able to uh, impact so many young people through the court system, and uh, and I see them now as, as young adults uh, driving in the community, working, great citizens. Um, it's that that was definitely a, a great time. Next, another highlight was when I was working as the director of Health and Human Services um, for the city of Alang City. I did that for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, it was a new department. Um, so I was the first director. And uh, so I was able to structure and, and put together a great department that still runs very well today and is structured very well today. And then, mm-hmm. right to passage. Of course. <laughs> And what's next for the Rites of Passage? Where, where do you want to take it? Well, we've we, we've tried to start thinking about doing it nationally, but we have to really look, if we're going to do it nationally, we have to look at national funding and how would we achieve and work that. Because we would love to uh, have Rites of Passage in every state, working in every community. Um, I've given the program to so many people that are doing their version of it throughout the United States. So there's about six other programs that I've helped start up throughout the United States. Um, I'm working with uh, a young lady from high school. She's in California, and she wants to to do rites of passage. So I'm working with her now. through email and Facebook, mm-hmm. helping her put, to, put the program together. And then when she's ready, you know, uh, I'll go out there and I'll do the training. And then uh, hopefully they, they get it off and running. She has her funding and doesn't even have a program. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was 
like, wow. I said, you got funding, don't even have a program. I got a program, don't have funding. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask her, what is her recipe? <laughs> well, um, she uh, was working for an elderly gentleman, and um, she told him about how her dream was to always uh, run a program for um, young girls and, and uh, young guys and helping to to get them to improve their lives and, and um, become productive citizens of the world. And um, she didn't know that he was wealthy. So he, he's, he's backing her and got some of his friends. He had a little investment party. So. Oh, very nice, very nice. So I asked her, I said, you want to come to New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Shemaine, believe it or not, our time has just ran by. Again? Again, yes, yes. The last two weeks have just been phenomenal. And I, I really want to thank you. We are here with my big sister, uh, who I'm so proud of and I love very much, Ms. Shemaine Gunter-Gary. She's the founder and executive director of the Rice of Passage Program in Atlantic City. Shemaine, thank you for you know the the last two weeks i've I've learned so much about the rice of passage program, and we certainly hope that you continue to 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 grow the program and and Godspeed to you and your husband Rodney thank you well folks, there you have it uh Mr. Shermaine Gunter Gary, the executive director of Atlanta County Council on Youth Programs Rice of Passage. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on w s o u 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.